Welcome, geeks, to episode 26 of the GDNC show. Uh, as usual, we've got Patchy and Anthony with us this week. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hello. Um, and we've also got a special guest as well. We've got Ben from For the Love of Horror and Super Nerds. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi, Hi guys. <laughs> Good, thank you. So we're just going to got a couple of uh, things we want to talk about this week. We will be t- speaking about Jason Lips to do with uh, For the Love of Horror for CJ Graham that's going to be joining uh, For the Love of Horror this year. But first of all, we're going to just kick off with uh, what we've been doing this week, what we've been up to, anything, been watching anything this week? Um, for me, the what, what I've been doing is I've been introducing me eldest to the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, so boss. last weekend we watched Hot Fuzz. Um, this, well, Saturday night? Yes, uh, a few bits where she enjoyed it under the blanket um, the little gory bits especially when he gets his uh, image ripped out towards the end um, but no she absolutely loved it and she can't wait to watch The World's End which I know is a, a special one for Patchy <laughs> um, but yeah no, I've, uh, I've been moving, moving into be flat so I've not had a lot of time to to be watching a lot of stuff but now, now I'm in there I'm uh, definitely going to be uh, it's open season catch- now, isn't it? Yeah, catching up on a lot of things that I've been told to watch so <laughs> yeah excellent um, what have you been up to Patrick? what have you been watching I've been I've been watching all kinds just all old stuff I've um, been watching Cheers I've been working my way through Cheers all 11 series of Cheers because nice. I watched it when I was a kid but I can't really remember any of the storylines or anything. So I've been watching that. Never realised it had so much baseball in it. To be perfectly honest, I'm only a <laughs> is, is Sam a baseball player? Was, was is, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is coaches with him behind the bar in the fir- like in the first series? Coach, yeah, of course, yeah. Just all baseball, and I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, so, but, um, yeah. So I've been watching that. What else have been watching? Um, all catching up on um, hat. All the Hammer films, of course. I've watched Dracula twice this week um, as well. <laughs> and I've been playing um, Final Fantasy VII Remake as well with our Alex. It's absolutely oh, nice. Oh, right. nice. Is it true that it's only the first half of the original game? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only it, it's coming out in two or three chapters. But um, um, yeah, it's good. The first game was it's massive, good. wasn't it? Like? Yeah, and it, it, just looks, it just looks so nice. You know, it's just, it's really... They've really gone to town with the, with the graphics on it. Like, it's really, really good. So, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Bringing back a lot of memories as well. But the good thing about it is he's, he, he's, um, he's enjoyed it. So I'm kind of talking him into Kingdom Hearts now as well because it's the same kind of combat in it. Because yeah. um, he'd never really been interested in any of the Square games because it's team-based combat and stuff, isn't it? So, but yeah, that's been good. Have you been up to, George? Of Um well, just a little bit similar to Ant, actually. So my niece stayed over the weekend. Um, she's 12, and she's banged into Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio uh, movies at the moment, all the old ones. So she's been looking through them. I did want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street with her, but because I'm not a parent, I was like, yeah, you'll maybe have to watch something else. So we watched Sleepy Hollow, which she'd never seen. Um, and I hadn't seen it for years. Sleepy Hollow is amazing. It's, it's oh, so it's well done. Good. But it is like a Hammer film as well, like you were saying about the Hammer films before, the way it, obviously, because it's Tim Burton, the way it's shot anyway, but Christopher Lee's in it as well, isn't he? Um, to begin, he's like the judge 
guy. Um, so that was good. The the one that wasn't good that we watched, we talked about it, I think, last week. I'm just not a big fan of it. Edward Scissorhands, I just can't stand it. All right. It's so boring. I've just <laughs> never liked I've never liked it. It looks like it's quite decent, isn't it? Some of the crap you like watching, George, and you've got the nerve to say that Edward Scissorhands is boring. <laughs> Some of the things you've made me sit in the cinema to watch. <laughs> Mate, you dragged me to see episode one, three days, so shut up. <laughs> yeah, but we thought it might be better if it was in three days. Yeah, uh, it wasn't, was it? It was worse. Because <laughs> it was like you were in punching distance. <laughs> I mean, sp- speaking of awful films as well, I know, because Ben, ben commented on my Facebook post about it. Yeah. <laughs> I watched four. I was waiting for that. I put it. I put it. I'm just so annoyed. <laughs> no, I look, the first one, like, because you did the watch along last week. That's one of the reasons I, I, I watched it because um, I, I, I did. I missed it on the cinema. Actually, in the same week, me, my wife took it to see it, and we were watching it on Sunday. She's like, I can't remember any of this. Starts off all, all right, but you know, you know the way it's got. But it's the writing. Oh my god, the script is just awful. It's just so bad. It's not even like because we're going to talk about Jason like Lives in a bit. Oh, it's just. Oh, hang on, are we talking about Fallen Kingdom here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I thought it was boss. Seriously, <laughs> it's got a what's his name in it, isn't he? Babe Spalls in it, and uh, the thingy from Babe, Babe's our fella. What's his name? Babe's dad, James. Oh, um... You know what I mean? He's yeah. in LA Confidential. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant in LA Confidential. Yeah, yeah. Babe, babe's dad. <laughs> yeah, he's What's in like um, Green Mile and stuff like that, isn't he? It's going to do my nuts in. James, James something. James Cromwell. James Cromwell, yes. Oh, I've literally just got that up the same time you did. Um, but it's, um, it's got thingy in, isn't it? It's um, Kingpin's in it, isn't he? No, that's not the first one. Kingpin, Daredevil. No, no, that's just... Which? That's, that's the one. That's the one before. That's the one before it. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. All right, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Fall. Have I seen Fallen Kingdom? Is so, it the one where where the, the basically three quarters of the film is the dinosaurs chasing some kid through a house, or is yeah. that the one before Fallen Kingdom? No, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. It's just, it's just awful. I think mean, <laughs> like, the, you know? <laughs> the fact that like this Uber, this Uber like aggressive, you know, va- uh, velociraptor, da- you know, dinosaur thing, it's chasing them and it's being dead aggressive and it's smashing everything up and it's chasing after, doesn't care, just absolutely unrepentive and then it gets to the bedroom and it's like creeping like a horror movie and it opens the door and it comes through the door. It's just... You know why it does that, George? It's because it's a film. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, I was watching I it going. That's the, that's the one I'm, part I'm, of the thing. to start defending it. The rest of it's fine, but just that little bit. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, with. you know, when you've, got a, when you've got a film about clone dinosaurs, you know what I mean? Obviously, you, you suspend your, your, your belief to a point, but it was just, it was the script more than anything else as well. And um, one of the comments on the Facebook post was, um, was about, the main, what's his name? Uh, the main lad in it, and he just said, Chris, to, Pratt. Chris Pratt. He said, the, the more I see him, the just the least, the, the less I think about him as an actor. And I know he's trying to play like that. Like he, he's brilliant to Star Lord. He's you know, and I think 
because there was talk about him being like young Indiana Jones and stuff, wasn't it? I think that sort of role he'd be quite good at. And in this, he sort of does that, but he's running out of time to be young Indiana Jones. Yeah, though, isn't yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, there was the bit I don't like Benel. I don't know how many times you've seen it. If you've only seen it the once, if you remember it, but four, maybe five. Oh wow! Um, but like <laughs> he's fighting the guy, and he chins him, and as he chins him, he runs towards the camera, and he does like this blue steel sort of look to race sport. I was like, oh no, just just no. I'm not a huge fan of Chris Pratt outside of Star Lord. If I'm honest with you, I think he's I think he's smug, like, and I think as you're saying, it comes across as like he's trying to be something he isn't really. Yeah, I think. See, I, he's good I, in the Lego Movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you watch Lego Movie Two? So good. Yeah, absolutely so, brilliant. The, the other character in Lego Movie Two is a complete digger. Chris Pratt's real persona, isn't it? Like he's a dinosaur. Oh. He's a dinosaur training rocket ship flying smug know it all. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was watching, and I was like, does he know what he's voicing here? Does he know that? Like how? <laughs> how this? <laughs> Has he read the sure. script? Yeah. <laughs> and the voice that he does with the character, it's like Kate Russell in um, Big Trouble in Little China. He does that kind of John Wayne type of boss. <laughs> it is absolutely brilliant movie. That. I watched it on the couch with the angle over it. It was great. Lego, Lego movie too? Yeah. Oh, I think oh, I was so good. I think I watched it with the hangover. I think I watched the first one with the hangover as well, actually. And the Batman movie as well. Yeah, that hangover was hell, yeah. They are definitely. Well, that's see, Fallen Kingdom I put on. I wasn't hungover. I was just like I thought. Oh, what sort of nonsense? Maybe you should think of Benny the night before, and you'd have enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) I think actually one of the times, one of the things I put on like that, it was a few years ago, and it was Lost Boys Two, and I bought it was about ninety seven p on like uh, Music Magpie or something, and I got it, and I was hungover, was lying on the couch. And even like, it was just the worst thing I've ever seen until I've seen Falling Within half an hour, he was on to customer support. Dear music, Magpie. 97 pence. I don't know if like Corey Feldman or something got, we didn't get paid much more than that for the film because it's just awful. It's anyway. Third one's all right. The third one sounds, I genuinely like the third one because um, it's a proper. You know, I mean, the first one's like a B movie as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? But the, 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 the third one. Um, is more of a proper sequel because Lost Boys 2 was trying to be like a bit of a remake wasn't it because even like the, the the brother it was a brother and sister I think isn't it and, uh, the and he put one. Fat Tim Capello in there which would stub my head in that really you know what genuinely that's one <laughs> of the reasons amazing. why I hated it it really really because it was so disrespectful as well wasn't it you know to the, the whole yeah, it was yeah um, and to, to to be involved in that I just thought nah that's that's wrong that you can... What's funny about that film, though, is it's filmed in Canada and everybody looks freezing and it looks like they've just really turned the contrast up on all the scenes to make it look sunny when they're out <laughs> on the beach, surfing. <laughs> they're absolutely frabs, like, really cold. I was, I was watching Thingy, like I say, I've been watching um, all the old Hammer films again and I love the way that they've done that thing where they film during the day, but they put a filter over the lens so it looks like it's nighttime <laughs> and everyone's obviously strutting about in the day and they've just got a pair of Ray-Bans over the lens to make it look bad. <laughs> <laughs> just um, 
being a bit of a nerd, when you were saying about Fallen Kingdom, I remember reading an article when it came out, right? Do you know how much money that film made in the box office? Uh, too much. One, $1.3 <laughs> billion. Dollars. And where is it? It was it was the eighth most profitable film of the year it came out. I think at the time it was like the ninth the ninth biggest film in history or something. Jurassic did it come World out? Did it come it's out good, in like the, did it come out in the same year as End Time and stuff as well though? So there was like loads of really big gruesome films out that year. Yeah, yeah. Same as Infinity War, yeah. Same Infinity War was it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's the market. And it still made it? stupid money. It's the, it's the yeah. it is the the Asian market though, isn't it? It's all the Chinese market. Same with Transformers and stuff. That's why it makes so much money. They just absolutely eat it up. You love it. And the Meg, and that, the Meg yeah. was the Chinese. Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, they had a bad word. Said about the Meg. I'll tell you that. So you're gonna start. you're gonna start defending the Transformers movies then, but I was gonna leave. <laughs> I like I like Bumble, Bumblebee and that's it. Like. So that's supposed to be good though, isn't it? Cause that's more like of a like an eighties sort of buddy. Oh sort yeah, of film, it's really it? good. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like sixteen candles or Breakfast Club, and uh, she just ends up with the with the car. It's like air uh, a mate in the car having adventures in the eighties. It's boss. Sounds amazing. John Cena's in it. <laughs> it's got the soundtrack's unbelievable. Yeah, oh that sounds good. The first Transformers, I think I've seen on the set, that wasn't awful, that was all right. And then the second one, it was just, I went to cinema and I was just out. When the it was like the fe- the female Terminator from T3 in the college dorm room. And it was like, if they can if they can look like humans, why are they going around looking like trucks? I was obsessed with Transformers in the 80s when I was a kid. So anything after 1990, I'm just not obsessed with it. Uh, the first, as George said, the first movie, the 2007 one's like, yeah, it's a fun popcorn movie. It is. Yeah. With loads of throwbacks to, to stuff you liked as a kid. And that second one, not only does it have the T, TX, whatever, from Terminator 3, it's also got giant robot testicles and robot heaven. And Shia LaBeouf goes to robot heaven. George, am I making any of this up? <laughs> no. I can't wait to have to watch these. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I walked out of the cinema, and it was like a glorious. It was like two thousand nine. It was like a glorious summer evening, and I walked out, and the girl I was taking the time grabs all the men, and she goes, "You know what? The weather's lovely, and it's just like being on holiday." And I just said, "Man, why did he go to Robot Heaven? He's not even a robot. Why?" I love that. Why the were girl, the robot balls? The girl yeah. was going out. The girl was going out with the time. I'm no longer with her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm by the time yeah. you that sentence. <laughs> just holding thin air. Just holding thin air. So fell with Scott. It's not like that, don't know, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Why did he go to robot heaven? Um, right, well, I know what, because me and Ben have had a little chat before, and I know we've all watched, I know what Ben's watched over the weekend. So we're going to talk about the um, Alex Winter documentary. Oh, um, yeah. Bit more grounded in reality than Transformers and Fallen Kingdom. Um, about show, uh, called called Showbiz Kids. And it's all about um, young stars, not just in the eighties, nineties, and right up until um, Cameron Boyce as well from Jesse and like the Disney Club and stuff. So, what do you think about it, Ben? Do you think it's good? Well, good insight. Yeah, I, I, I thought it. I think in some ways I was expecting it to be a little bit darker. And then in other ways, I was expecting it to be a lot lighter because I thought, how, how far are they going to go? Um, I didn't know, as, as you guys may know, I didn't know Cameron Boyce died. Um, 
since since they filmed it. So like when I was watching it with me missus, she turned around and goes, and obviously with him being dead now, and I was like, but he being dead? She was like, camera and voice. I was like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. Um, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know who he was. And it was obviously the other people in the film. I knew who they were. I knew what their story was. But him, it was interesting seeing his take on it and the, the, the Disney side of things because it's not, again, Disney's like its own its own little Hollywood factory, isn't it? They do yeah. their own thing. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah I cool. mean, when it come up at the end, I didn't know who he was. I, I, I think I'd heard of Jesse and stuff just because of the kids and stuff like that. But um, I did, obviously, me and my wife were watching. Didn't know what would happen to him, and it was so sad because he's so he was so talented. And not only did he come across, he come across as a really nice guy, really well spoken, spoke highly of people and stuff like that. But he was really bloody talented as well. Really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the way he got his words across as well. He was he was uh, doing better than I am. He was he was verbose, but he was. He wasn't slagging anyone off. He wasn't slagging the system no. off. He was yeah, because it's like when when Will Wheaton was talking in it, you can tell Will Wheaton has got a bee in his bonnet about the fact no. that he grew up like that. And yeah. like um, think your boy Cameron Bush, he was just like, "This is just my life. It's the way that I was. It's the way I lived, and it's given me the chance to do this." Which is what a lot of them seem to be saying. But then you have people like Will Wheaton and some of the older people as well who were like, "Can't believe I was exploited like that." Yeah. yeah, Will Wheaton well and truly like detached himself from a lot of things. Like uh, I reckon, he probably could have had a lot more opportunities growing up, but he just kind of decided to stay safe and do his own thing and stuff. And he's been able to forge a career out of it. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's yeah, he, he looks well and truly broken by it all. Really. Well, I think when he was... a lot of them are. When he was talking about River Phoenix and like he was like his older brother yeah. and stuff, even though he was only eighteen months old than him and stuff, that was definitely a like sort of mirror image. You know what I mean? It was like the good side and yeah. the bad side. There was River yeah. Phoenix went that way, and Will Wheaton got you know he stayed around it, but didn't go down that path. And no. I thought it was really. I knew they were going to use it because it's just every time they talk about Stand By Me, they use it, and obviously the subject matter. That bit where River Phoenix walks away and he like fades away, I was I was sitting there, I'm not ashamed to say it, I had a tear in me. Every time I watch it, that it's the same. But definitely <laughs> the other day, and because Will Wheaton was talking about him, like he's like his older brother, really sad. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you were saying emotional. what I was saying about child actors um, staying with it and staying around it and stuff. Obviously, I'm quite friendly with the guys from it, and um, they're, obviously they they're still all like they've started talking again the past couple of years but obviously the guy who played um, Stutter and Bill he, he killed himself over his career his career not going well which is which is obviously the pressure he must have put on his whole childhood and then the role child up and he goes and like commit suicide and it's it is that thing you just they're bred aren't they they're pushed into it yeah. it's like I think I think it might have been Will Wheaton who was saying no child wakes up and goes can't wait to go to work today. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, Most yeah, adults yeah. don't. Do you know what I mean? No, so no, yeah. to actually be in that kind of high-pressure environment where you're expected to perform and there's an awful lot of money riding on you, not just for your well-being, but you've got all these other people who, whose money is relying on it. It must be It must be really... I can't imagine it. It's, yeah. it's a, such a competitive industry as well. What was it you were saying? You go and do 900 auditions and then you only get booked for a certain number and then you only get a call back for a certain number and 
to, yeah. to take a kid and raise the hopes up, right, you're going to be in this TV show, let's go through all these grueling auditions and then get told, no, you're too tall, you're too small. Yeah. Just yeah. destroy them. Yeah, it's a lot of rejection <clears throat> for the kids to deal with, isn't it? So There's yeah. a lot of rejection for an adult to deal with, but kids, they're not built for it, are they? So, yeah, so the guy from ET, um, and he was saying about being in the audition, as I say, the audition room and coming out and having a slight little look and them expecting him to be the little boy from ET. Um, one thing that got me as well when he was saying about Drew Barrymore, and it was the first thing he'd been in, and Drew Barrymore said to him, I mean, she was, what, five or six, and she said, oh, how many films have you been in? And he's like, oh, this is my first one. And she was like, oh, I've been in six, you know, your poor thing. Just madness. And that age. Yeah. yeah, I was saying to um, my wife when I was watching it, I thought, going into it, I thought, oh, they might have Drew Barrymore speaking, because obviously she's come out the other side. She's another one. She's, you know, an entrepreneur. She does all the makeup stuff now as well, doesn't she, and a food thing, and... She was in Santa Clarita and she's been in, you know, she's been in tons now, hasn't she, since the dark period, if you like, of, of a career and of a life. But you know about, it's pretty much well documented, isn't it, what's happened with her and stuff like that. And you, you know, yeah. probably want a different take of it, uh, take on it as well. Like Mila, uh, Mila, Mila Jovovich, I didn't know anything about her, like early career and stuff. Um, so I thought that was really interesting when she was like nine and she was doing all these like really inappropriate photo shoots and stuff like that on beaches with with lads. Yeah, that was another. That was Emma pushed her into that, though, hadn't she? Well, that was because I was going to say about so Will Wheaton, Rachel Evan Wood, and um, Amir Jovovich was saying basically they were like meal tickets for the parents, weren't they? Um, yeah. Whereas the lad from ET, his parents were sort of like it was a bit of an effort for them to to help him out and take him to auditions and stuff. And he was saying about his mum um, sort of resenting him a little bit as well. Yeah. He, Henry Thomas, he's been in loads of things. And people always say, as, as you are there, George, the kid from ET, yeah. he's, he's been in about 35, 40 films. I think he's made so many movies. Well, he was in the, the Haunting Hill House. The Haunting Hill House, he's absolutely fantastic in that. He's so, yeah, he's amazing in that. He's yeah. so emotional. It's sad. I think it's... Not being funny, it's he's not the little boy for me to anymore. But his face, no. his emotional range, and his eyes because he's got such emotional eyes. If you like, when he's acting, especially yeah, he's got a real sad face, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. awful, but you know, I know what you mean. It's no, like, no, but yeah, there's that's people like that. Yeah. Um, he has had a bit of a career renaissance. He works a lot with Mike Flanagan, so he, he's not he's in Hill House. He was in um, a Ouija, the beginning, yeah, he was, yeah. Which is really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, he's in Doctor Sleep, obviously. Um, Gerald's Game. Yes. Yeah, he's boss. You've all seen Doctor Sleep, I assume. Yeah, I've uh, seen that now. Yeah. That's what I'm going to talk about. Ben, we might fall out. In in the um, in the director's cut, he's he's got like a substantially longer part, and it's not just you know, that scene with him behind the bar. Do you remember in The Shining where Jack Nicholson's in the toilets and yeah. the uh, the guy's like, you need to go, they, they, they do that again, but swap the roles. And he's telling you and McGregor, you need to go and kill them all. Boss, it's really good. Oh, okay. And he didn't, he, I like, he didn't just do an impression. He, he gave his own, his own. That's it. No, yeah, that's, put his own spin on it. No, absolutely, because I think that's, see, when it got announced, I, I loved the book. I thought the book was fantastic. The book did what a lot of Stephen King books do. The beginning and going into the middle is fantastic. And then he does this big, massive roundabout in the middle where it just like goes on for ages and you don't really need all that. And then the ending can sometimes fall off. But I thought the ending of Doctor Sleep was excellent. So when it got announced, I was, and it was showing you bits of the film and stuff, I was like, are they going to, is it a direct sequel to 
the shining film or the shining book and stuff. And obviously the end, you know, with the hotel and stuff like that was different. Yeah, so yeah. The, the hotel was there, as in in the the, the book, Doctor Sleep. Obviously the hotel isn't there because you know, spoiler alert from the book, the hotel yeah. blows up in the first book. I just, I, I, to be honest as well, just the um, I can't remember the, the villains what they're called now. Um, True not. Yeah, and the main girl who who, who, who plays the is it uh, Rose the Hat? Rose the Hat. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, the the film, uh, the book, it is done really well in the film. So again, with like the base, the little boy with the baseball glove and all that, that's really horrific. But obviously, in the book, it's much worse. It is much yeah. worse. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, I thought the documentary was. I, I thought it was really well done. I thought I loved the again saying what like the mirror images of the career and stuff and or the opposite the um, the young lad who was who come from California to try and get work with his parents and he was struggling he couldn't get it he didn't really they were like do, do you want to do it and he was saying well not really but you know it's I don't know yeah type thing but that's what you're saying about kids not you don't, <laughs> you don't know Probably hasn't got any mates from all the time. He was sat at home reading scripts. Yeah, um, but then the girl on the other side of the coin, he was in Lion King and all these Broadway productions. Again, I showed you like all the footage. Really talented. And, you know, she was like, well, I'm hoping to go away in the summer with my friends. And at the end of the show, it was like, well, I didn't get to go away. I've been auditioning and I've been doing the show. It was just really sad. I mean, yeah, I I, I thought it was really... What I loved as well... um, the very beginning of the opening credits, all the the pictures of like the successful kids who've like done really well, um, and you know haven't had exactly tragic stories, but you know, yeah, it's it's got it's got better for them. And then the picture of Alex Winter as a kid, just as the credits faded, again, I thought that was really nice as well. I thought it was really good. I thought he put himself in it a little bit more, to be honest. I was expecting to see him talking. I yeah, was, I was shocked that you only, you only heard them ask a few questions off camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought as well, like the like narration and stuff like that. But I thought, um, because she was on. I mean, she was literally a child star because she wasn't in anything later on. But uh, Mara Wilson from Matilda as well. Yeah. Um, like some of the stuff she was talking about was just again the dark side of it. it was just awful. But the in, where she's being interviewed and she loses a tooth, and I hadn't seen that footage before. And it's the face she pulls. Again, you go, oh, she's like sort of. And then she realises what, what's happened and she gets dead upset and she runs to her mum. That's the first thing she does is go to her mum. Oh, my God. Just awful. Just, she's just constantly... Nice. It, was, it. it was good to see Will Wheaton in the Star Wars commercials, though, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <I was wondering>. <laughs> 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 they didn't... Um, obviously, they weren't going to say everything that he's been in, but he was actually in a, a really... A, one of my favourite episodes, The Outer Limits, as well. Um, it would have been the same time, round about the same time, or maybe just after he'd finished in Generations, maybe, what, 91, 92. Um, yeah, he was in an episode of that where, like, they've got the battling aliens and stuff like that, and he's a um, young crew member, and he he has to get the ship back to Earth and stuff, and he's on his own and stuff like that. It's a bit of a Star Trek-type episode. Yeah. Where it's, <laughs> but he, he, he was really good in it, and obviously, because it's the outer limits, the twist in the end is just brilliant. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's done really well with... <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, oh, but, yeah. And Wesley Crush is like your favourite Star Trek character as well, isn't he? 
he gets so much bad press, and he's he's he is he's he's good in it. He is. Re- but what I I thought was really good actually because they come to him, didn't he? You know, they is is he was saying it. His management team got a call. Go, we want him in the show. And he was a he was a big Star Trek fan as well. So he would have just gone, yeah. Okay, what people think of me? I think he's in one of the films as well in the background. It's like they could have given him a speaking Did part. Did you see <clears throat> the uh, the film he was slagging off the crap Italian horror movie that he made? Oh yeah. When he was, did you did you look into that film? No, no. Directed by David Keith, who was like an eighties actor. He plays Ben Affleck's Alfred in Daredevil. But it's the first adaptation or the second adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's The Color Out of Space, which has just been done by Nicolas Cage oh, and yeah. Elijah Wood. So when he was like, it's a terrible 80s horror film, I was like, oh, you have my, you have my attention. And then I Googled it and I was like, oh, yeah. There's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the more I Googled it, I was like, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, Color Out of Space. It's like looking for the DVD. Well, I think because um, I was going to put that color, uh, the color out of space on the other day. Um, it was either that or Fallen Kingdom. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I will put that. I on. loved it. I thought it was boss, you know. Yeah, it's got some weird. really, yeah, it's got some really good write-ups. Because um, we were saying the other week was uh, about watching the National Treasure movies and stuff, and Nicholas Cage in them. Uh, he's just yeah. You need to, he is my mate. I think for a lot of people, isn't he? But oh, he's, um, he's definitely, definitely for me. Like, I yeah. do yeah. like Cage. <laughs> not, not to drop some names, but I might as well. When I was um, hanging around with Elijah Wood, <laughs> this, this is a this is a two part name drop. No, um, he was banging on about Color Out in Space because he produced it and it was just about to come out. And he was telling me um, about other films. So have you seen Daniel Isn't Real? No, that was it. That was it. Yeah, that's really. That's just landed on Sky. Um, kid with an imaginary friend gets locked away in the chat. It's a bit like Drop Dead Fred meets Fight Club. Okay, that's, all right. Yeah, that's probably the best example. Tim Tim Robbins' kid is the is the is the kid, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid is the uh, imaginary friend. It's good. Okay. He was telling me as well that <laughs> Elijah was he was saying uh, the guy who made. What's his name? Adam Egypt Mortimer. He said he's got a new film coming out. It's going to be amazing. It's supposed to fella from another planet who says he's a superhero and no one believes him. The trailer's just dropped this week. It's Joe Manganello. Oh, okay. Again, Elijah's... Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Arch Enemy, it's called. Yeah, but yeah, looks really good. Oh, and the other thing was... Um, I did an interview, Elijah Wood. I had to pick him up from the green room, walk him to his interview. I did the crowd questions and then walk him back. Because he had the biggest crowd at the weekend... I had to basically look after him. So we got there, we were just hanging around talking. Just he's he's a such a nice guy. Did his interview and then I popped my head out and it's just like thousands of people. And I was like, Do you want to walk through or do you want to hang around? He goes, We've got nothing going on, let's just stand in and talk. So we just chatting about like his films or his producing and um, he'd be looking at set photos on my phone of the new Batman film because he said if you get I said if you get stuck in Liverpool, you can always try and be in Batman and he was just saying how much he enjoyed the look of that and then just chatting on sort of the stuff, and then we eventually got walking back to the green room, and we were just talking. Like at this point, it wasn't me and Elijah Wood; it was just me and my new mate, which was like cool. He's just a dead nice fella. And then I mentioned, I was like, um, "Do you know what I always liked you in?" And I was like, "And it doesn't get enough love." I think he thought I was going to say the faculty or something. I was like, "Remember the good son with you and Macaulay Culkin?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." So then we got talking about that, and then I said something about Macaulay Culkin, and he was like, "Do you know what, man?" I was alright as a kid because my mum and dad looked after me. 
and then give me this look as if to say, like, not everyone does. And then he patted me on the arm, was like, nice one, dude. Big handshake and walked off. And I was thinking, He's actually he's spoken about that, hasn't he? Um, Elijah Wood, he said that he believes that there's this kind of thing goes on in Hollywood with oh, yeah. young actors and stuff. I, so. I thought you were going to go then. He's spoken about that, Elijah Wood, that time with Ben at the um, Liverpool. <laughs> 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 it's the first thing that comes up on Google. I just popped it in near the end of the conversation because I thought he's not going to want to chat on about the good son. And then I thought, you know, they dropped this 15 minutes ago. This conversation would have been completely different. Yeah. But, yeah. He's, he was a child star and he'd managed to... Yeah, he's in Back to the Future too, isn't he? He's yeah, he's he one of the, the kids in the town square, isn't he? He's yeah. Yeah, the cafe the arcades, isn't he? And he's like, yeah. uh, you have to use your hands, that's a baby's game or something. Yeah. Um, but he's in... What's, what's the one with Mel Gibson? The, um, Forever Young? He's a weapon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's in Forever Young as well. He's the little kid. He's trying to a stunt double and leave a weapon. <laughs> he's in another terrible film with Bruce Willis called North that I really liked as well. No wonder he loved you. You go over all these awful movies he's been in going. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's did awful. really well in that, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Because I grew up in Sky Movie. He sat I forgot about that. I'll have to speak to my agency if I'm getting any chats from that. <laughs> I think the early 90s when we first got Sky... Like all of the films that were coming out was stuff like The Good Son and North, and it was like they were landing on my telly about a year and a half after they flopped, and everyone hated them. And I was just watching them on repeat. So it's generally when I'll meet someone and I'll, I'll talk to them and they'll go, Have you seen such and such? I was in, I'll go, No, but you remember that crap film you were in? About 1993. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for the, because um, when I seen your panel um, with Carl Urban as well, for, uh, for the love of sci fi. And he was talking about like loads of things. He was talking about Judge Dredd. He was talking about all these boss films he's been in. You went, you're in Ghost Ship as well, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> and Carl <laughs> was like, you know what? I was watching, I was sitting there the other night. I completely forgot I was in it. <laughs> I was sitting there in the hotel watching it or something. That story, he said, uh, Lord of the Rings, he's like, I could tell you what I did at this time. I could tell you the smell. I can remember the taste of things. He said, Ghost Ship came on in the hotel. He's like, I remember walking into that set, but I don't remember anything else about that film. <laughs> it's funny because I can remember the beginning of the film where everyone gets chopped in half, but I can't remember anything else that happens in it. So much it, yeah. Another spoiler there, Patsy, as well. Uh, it's right at the beginning, and it doesn't spoil anything. <laughs> it's not a bad film either. No, I, I think I remember enjoying it. It was all right. Yeah. The, 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 beginning, just, the, the beginning is definitely one of the, genuinely one of the best parts to a film. Um, that sort of film's brilliant, really unexpected, really well done. The cast are good. To be fair, the cast's good. It was just you could tell it was one of them films they were trying to churn out for Halloween. I think I remember reading at the time they had an October release date and they started filming in like April, and it was like get it done. Like um, that Black Christmas that came out last year. Did you see that? No, I, I, no. I, I loved the nineteen seventy four version of it, but I've not yeah. seen the new one. So that's, this is the second remake of Black Christmas and it is absolutely nothing to do with either of the others. Right. There's, there's, and I'm not, I'm not joking here. There is literal, physical, toxic masculinity in that film. Like, I'm not joking. That is sort of the, the Black Christmas is there is liquid masculinity that is toxic. It's, it's the most heavy-handed metaphor I've ever seen in my life. Like it finished. I went to see. I went to see it with the for the love of horror guys, and um, it finished. And I was thinking, it's terrible, but I've seen worse. And I turned around, and the three of them just looked like someone had farted. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> like George. Every time we watch anything together, 
I say that like that, and I go. <laughs> the best film ever. George just looks like Dave Bassett on Sally like that. <laughs> Dave Bassett on Sky News. The only thing, genuinely, because the last couple of Star Wars, like the the Disney Star Wars film, the uh, the um, when we've been watching at the front of the cinema, that's the only time we've both been going. Like made up. Everything else has just been like, can't believe you're making me watch this. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to talk just uh, briefly about well. As long as you want, really, actually, about the for the love of, uh, for the love of horror, this um, two thousand twenty. That's now two thousand twenty 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 one now. Yeah, like everything else in the world has been postponed until next year. Um, yeah, I thought, to, to be honest, we can talk about whatever you want. Really, we can talk about last year, this year, next year. I think the big struggle is going to be trying to keep the guests because obviously it's all. The intention is there to book everyone again for next year, but it's who's going to want to do it, who's going to still want to do conventions, who's going to want to come to the UK, who's going to still be alive, because loads of the people that they booked were old. Mm-hmm. That's, that's um, genuinely right. And, you know, you do think that when you... Because I think we've spoke before about like getting like someone like John Carpenter and stuff like that. You know, All these people aren't getting any younger, if you like. No, no. You, you want to get them as soon as, don't you, really? Well, that was the thing with, with Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins is in his 80s, and yeah. I love the guy. He's amazing. But <laughs> it's, it's sort of now or never, isn't it? Get him or risk it, because, as you say, he's not getting any younger. And we wanted them last year with, with Fred, and it didn't pan out. So they were getting them, obviously, with Tommy Lee Wallace and doing a Halloween 3 thing, and then, obviously, someone else. Oh, well, yeah, if they, they, were, they were looking at like, um, someone who didn't happen, but it would have been Maniac Cop, but... It is what it is. Obviously, Ooh. I'll let you. I know. I'll let you figure out who that was. <laughs> it rhymes with Juice Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's every time, like the um, the conversation on Facebook or uh, any of the social media stuff for the, for the love of horror, when they start announcing people or they, they ask the question, "Who would you like us to book this year?" or who, you know, "Who do you fancy for the Bruce Campbell?" Straight away is the yeah. f- first person uh, jo- again, John Carpenter. Um, yeah, it's just that they are. I mean, obviously, like last year, we were talking a little bit about as well the megastars there, like Kiefer Sutherland, you know what I mean? But yeah, that was good. Up. I only met him very briefly. That was because uh, he was only there for three hours and I was working the whole time. But yeah, he's cool, it's cool, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, like, I mean, you you guys, all the all three you went last year, did you? No, it's just I me, mean, George. Right, was it sci fi? I was talking to you, was it? Sound. Yeah, yeah. Because that them weekends, I know they were two months apart, but that literally feels like one big four day. <laughs> yeah. with, with horror specifically, like I'd, I've been doing panels for conventions for about three years. Um, the first people that ever booked me was MCM, bizarrely, um, and everything seems to have come about because I know people. Like MCM got in touch with us because we were the first people in the world to interview the X Men animated series uh, creators. So you've seen they've got a book out now. We were the first people to want to talk to them, basically. And they were like, oh, I can't believe you wanted to talk to us. So then they put us in touch with the guy who played Wolverine. And that was his first interview ever. So we were friendly with a guy from MCM, passed all their contact details over. And MCM's old management, which obviously ain't there no more, because got back to us and said, we don't think anyone's interested in voice actors from the 90s, which now is all people want. Yeah. Uh, so they said, we listened to your podcast, it's pretty good, do you want to come and do a live panel? We'll give you one of our guests 
Um, it's David Hayter from Metal Gear Solid. We don't think anyone's going to be... It's the first thing in the morning. We don't think he'll be that busy. So um, we did the panel with him, me and the lads. And the stage, it, was, it went from like half full to three quarters full. But there was still like a fair few seats, empty spaces. It was like, I think the capacity for the room was like 800 people. And they say it was like 600 in there. I was buzzing. I was like, 800 people watching this. Like 600 people watching this. This is cool. And then we said goodbye to David, got the hugs, got the photos. He was like, come and see me through the weekend. We'll have a chat. Yeah, Sam. Um, and as we walked out of the auditorium, the back way, there's this big, massive queue. And I was like, what's this queue for, lad? And the fellow in the queue goes, it's for David Hayter's autograph. He's doing some panel. We've been waiting here for two hours. His queue for the entire <laughs> weekend was three hours long. And then the next year, it was just voice actors. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so I've gone from my first panel and then I've been booked on and off the past couple of years to do various things. Like I've done the UK Horror Cons. I did uh, Liverpool Horror Festival for the Liverpool Horror Club guys, which was good. And um, that's one of the one of the most fun ones. And obviously for the Love of Horrors, it seems to be, I, I used to be the It reunion I did, but now it's the Love of Horror stuff. Seems to be me, my most known gig. And it was good. Like George and I went last year, like the panels, they, they let me, me and Tony have, was like, where else am I going to get an hour to sit down and talk to Alex Winter? Yeah. That was a really good panel as well. I really enjoyed that one. George particularly enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought, even the guests you didn't ask, he, he, he didn't put his hand up for some of them. And I still like, I know the Lost Boys is your thing, so I'm literally just going to make you talk to all of these, whether you want to or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah horror, was, horror, was, horror was a good weekend. I was, I was really, really looking forward to this year because that, like, I, the, the other guy who I do the panels with, Tony Earnshaw, is a legit writer and, and he's been doing panels. He- Sorry to interrupt you, but genuinely he was brilliant last year. Um, oh, I the panels I saw, he was so knowledgeable. Um, yeah. I really liked it, especially his Danny Glover one he did for the sci-fi. Yeah. The love of sci-fi. Yeah. Really. What, cause you, you're sitting there going, yeah, he's in Princeton, Lethal Weapon. And I was like, well, I'm going to ask Danny Glover. And then he went, so in 85 he did the, uh, Witness, uh, Colour Purple, and um, Silverado. And I was like, in 1983, three amazing movies in the space of 12 months like were released. It's um, it's been with people that I know or people I've worked with before. With with, with horror last year, Neil said to me like t- Tony was asked before I was. He said, um, "We're booking this. Uh, do you want to do this live show with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's cool. We'll do that." And then after three weeks of the live show, I was like, "Is there any chance you can get me on doing the panels?" He was like, "I've already asked. Don't worry." Even he went in. It's already sorted. Yeah, yeah. Went, I, but I've I've spoke to um, someone else before. You were involved in this, and he's going to be doing them as well. I was like, "What's his name?" He's like Tony Earnshaw. So Neil makes this Facebook uh, messenger with me and Tony and then basically just bails and me and Tony are having a chat. And that was like last June. So obviously it was four months before I was working with him. Mm. And then the Thursday, the Wednesday or the Thursday before the con, I'd done research on like the whole thing just in case. And Tony phones me up at like 10 o'clock at night and he goes, right, how are we divvying this up? And I was like, well, what, what do you want you tell me what you want, and then I'll I'll counter off it. He went, I want the Lost Boys panel. I went, I want Alex Winter, Kane Hodder, and Fred Decker. And he was like, done. So <laughs> from then on, it was just like we were just figuring out. Who, he wanted the Saw guys. I wanted the It guy. It worked out really well. But he's just like, it's like a buddy cop system. Like I think that's why it helps that I wear, I wear the stupid Hawaiian shirt. He's yeah. like the straight-laced partner with all the facts. And I'm like the, the freewheeling. Mel Gibson. I'm Mel Gibson, he's that <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Don't know, but at, um, at Sci-Fi last year, um, 
obviously you could add um, Brian Blessed. We saw the panel with Brian Blessed. That panel, the, I saw one without with Sam. Sam or without Sam. So the day before, we Brian like comes around the stage and he's really frail and he's very quiet. And, and uh, I know Sam anyway, I've met him a few times. Sam comes around the chat and say, right, we're going to go on. So Sam, me, Brian, wander on stage. I introduced him and he goes, oh, this is Ben. If you give Ben a big round of applause, the everyone claps and he goes because that's the last time you're going to hear from him or me for the next hour <laughs> Brian grabs the microphone and and just what I want to say is that I am Brian Blessed and then that was it for 45 minutes so that was cool and then the next day the one you saw Brian had to bail early I think he was going I think he's doing a one man show in London so he's in Manchester till four stage sounds like half seven so he says to us like I've got to leave early because I'm doing this one man show yep fine Move your photo shoots, move the autographs. So the panel comes around and he goes, How long is this thing meant to be? I said, It's 45 minutes, Brian. But if you want to trim it down, I was like, I was thinking about doing 20, 25 minutes. That's absolutely perfect. But yeah, 25 minutes, that's cool. So we walk on stage, takes his microphone, and he just does the Brian Blessed thing again. And I check the time, 25 minutes. And then I go, That's all we've got time for. And Brian's like, Shut up. And then just <laughs> Continued. Oh, he was he was fantastic. Best was when questions from the crowd, and somebody said to him, "If you were in a Judge Dredd movie, who would you play?" <laughs> oh, Judge Dredd, of course, darling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. I, uh, I had him again at Liverpool in in March, and I said to the crowd when we were waiting for him to come on, I said, "I've interviewed Brian for a total of ninety minutes." Now I was like, "How many questions do you think I've asked?" <laughs> And yeah. some fella put his hand up and went, I was there, no. <laughs> so of the three, I've done three panels with him, 45 minutes long each, and the only question I've asked them is, Brian, can I ask some questions from the audience? Amazing. He's just, <laughs> uh, just a force of nature. He is, he's, he's unstoppable, isn't he? Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so this year, um, well, it's going to be 2021 now, who are you looking forward to the most, to interviewing or being involved with? Um for me, until the Jaws announcement, it was Tom Atkins, hands down. Um, yeah. Like he's, he's in some of my favourite ever films, Night of the Creeps, Escape from New York. Like he's just a maniac cop, as I said earlier. He's, he's just a, one of those guys with, with the, the moustache and a bad attitude, and he's just so cool and so so grizzled. Halloween uh, three as well. Halloween he's, three. He's so, yeah, he's amazing in that, isn't he? Yeah. The fog. He's bossing the fog as well. He's just. I think as a kid I didn't like him, and I'm not sure why. And then I got I got a little bit older and watched Night of the Creeps again, and I was like, no, this guy's probably the coolest man to have ever lived. Yeah, when you were interviewing um, Fred Decker last year, <clears throat> and you were talking about it, you could just tell. I mean, obviously with Lost Boys and everything, you could tell how much you loved the film, and with other other people you were interviewing. But with Fred Decker, it was just like pure just joy at, at getting to ask uh, getting to ask him questions about Night of the Creeps. It was funny, you know, when we when we came off stage. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if it was it's, it's public knowledge. Neil um, and Andy were trying to get Shane Black as well for to, to go along with Fred. We're doing Black and Decker, the the, the old team, like, um, and it didn't happen. But so when we walked off stage, Dan Burgess was there taking pictures and stuff, and he said to Fred, he was like, "I know you probably do a lot of these interviews, and a lot of people are like blowing smoke up you and being sick of fancy." And he's like, "I'm not joking, man." He was like, "Night of the Creeps is his favorite film." He's like, he's been looking forward to this since May. And Fred was like, really? I was like, yeah, I'm trying, I was trying not to be a nerd. He's like, oh, no, that's cool, that's cool. And then because I'd because name dropped that I'd worked with um, 
Alec Guinness, the special effects guy, he told me some stuff I literally can't even talk about now, but he was telling me some wild stuff about films and something he picks that can't, something he picks can't happen because something else is. And he told yeah. me what he pitched and he told me what is happening and I was like, wow. Yeah. I, I, I've heard you've told me that. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could talk off it. <laughs> yeah. When we, when we, when we press, when we press stop, like I'll tell, I'll tell you, it's like, that, if, um, if that comes off, the other thing, like that's going to be huge. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. huge. Um, well, one of the other like things we've uh, we've watched this weekend this weekend was Jason Lives because CJ yeah. Graham is going to be there and uh, Tom Matthews and Tom McLaughlin, and Tom McLaughlin as well. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so it was the first time. See, I'm not massively into them sort of films. At it, all. What, it's the first time you've seen um, it. I've seen the beginning. I've seen the beginning years ago, and I think it was like one of those. You turned out because you got scared. That could be the only reason, mate, because there's absolutely no way anyone can watch the beginning of that movie and then go, I'm not watching the rest of it. I'm not having it, George, because it's one of the best. You were saying about Ghost Ship before, having one of the best openings of any movie like that. Friday the 13th part, Jason Lives has just got the best opening sequence of any slasher movie. Describe, describe what it is because if someone's not listening and just as you saying how good it is tell them why it's so good <laughs> so it's embedded in my mind anyway because I must have been about seven when I first saw it but he goes Tommy has obviously been is a survivor of previous Nightmare on Elm Street movies and he is travelling out of the the mental institution that he's been in to go back to destroy Jason's body to make sure Jason can't come back to life goes to the graveyard, digs him up, and he's there, and he's all decomposing and writhing with maggots and stuff, and he gets the, the what's it called? Like, it's like, it's an, like, a, it's like an iron off the, um, yeah, off the gate. And he runs over, stabs him in him, and as he turns around to get the petrol to set him on fire, gets struck by lightning, he comes alive, kills his mate by pulling his heart out, puts the mask on that Tommy's decided to take with him for some reason. <laughs> And then, it, but then it doesn't. It's not that that bit that it doesn't just stop there. Then the credits come up, and it's like a spoof of a James Bond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's slashing and blood's coming out. It's so good, it's brilliant. And I think as well the way that it's filmed and the way it's made, Jason looks very different than he does in any of the other ones because it's yeah. kind of like a, like a fulci zombie kind of thing, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's like very wet, and he is, you know, he's yeah, and he's totally was- superhuman as well. That was the first, that was when Jason became badass. Jason never dies type of thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I can't believe you, George. I can't believe that you said you, you watched the beginning and then went, oh, I'm not having that. See, when I watched it, when I watched it, I must have been, I was probably about 12, and I think it was in my mates after school, and my mum's probably rang me and gone, get home for your tea. That's probably why I, I just remember, yeah. I remember the electric, the getting electrocuted and come back alive, to life and I'm standing there and then it, the credits and stuff come up. Um, I, I, I did genuinely actually the whole thing because um, it was very <laughs> anyway, but it was done very well and definitely James Bond thing at the beginning. Um, I mentioned as I said to you earlier earlier this weekend about it. I did I did like that. Um, but I've got a question because you've all watched them all or whatever, and I couldn't actually get a definitive answer. So. Is that Jason? Right, I'm gonna, this sounds like I'm being stupid, but is that Jason, the original Jason, in the grave? 
So is that Jason Voorhees who, who yeah. drowns? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Just because in the previous films he was looking on uh, Wikipedia and that, isn't the kit... Isn't the Jason in the previous film one of the paramedics or something? He puts the mask. That's that's in five. It, it, Jason four is the final chapter, and then five was the other guy. What's his name? Oh, it's going to do my other now. I want to say Ken. It's not Ken, is it? But it's the other guy. So, so the guy, and then so, Jason six is where they pretend that five didn't happen, basically. Right. Okay. So yeah. that that's brilliant. That's all I need to know. So like five didn't happen. That's fine. That's it was meant to be different. Yeah. You were going to change yeah, the identity of the killer each time. Yeah, and then yeah. everyone hated the fifth one, so they like, so they go back to Jason. Right, okay. Yeah, which they... is what happened with Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. guy at the beginning as well, who like puts the sta- uh, the metal rod in them and all that, is that supposed to be Corey Feldman's character as well? Yeah. In the films? Right, okay. It's not really clearly labelled. No, <laughs> it's like it, See, basically literally... he just chained them out, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's one of the uh, amazing quiz questions. Well, I think it was one of the first quizzes I ever did, because um, I looked at the fact I went no way. So one of the quiz questions was uh, how many between nineteen eighty and nineteen eighty nine. Sorry, between nineteen eighty and nineteen ninety, how many Jason movies were made were released? And it, it was nine, wasn't it? Was it one a year? It yeah. was just they were just banging them out every year, um, and then. We didn't get 10 until 2002 in the UK. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. I you love probably, it. If, any, if any of you just follow me on Twitter, you probably know at least once a month the best death in any movie ever. And sometimes I'll just sit there and have a and think about it and go, put it up, man, I'll be back. I, I saw it open at night. Um, it, was it 19th of July 2002? I was, I, it, was, um, it was, again, it was like a date night. You do when you want to. I think because I go to cinema a lot, like any dates I never talk anyone. I told this story to Kane Hodder on stage, and uh, I took her first date to see to see Jason X, and it was like the cinema was chocker. Everyone was rowdy. Every death was getting cheers. It was just the boss, well, ex- boss it, experience. Wasn't it that Kane Hodder actually said at the Love of Horror as well that um, when when he froze the head and he smashed it, that was his favourite death. Because like, he came up with it, I think it was. He likes to. He, someone else said to me, he likes to mess with people, and he likes to put that Jason persona on all the time. So there's like the kid right. in the crowd asked the, the question about, yeah, what was it? He said, would you, um, could would you, punch, you punch me in the, me face, in the face? Yeah, and he said, no, I'd rather stand on your head. <laughs> but just going back to um, Jason Lives, though, CJ Graham is obviously Jason in that. And as you touched on before, Ben, this is when he becomes like superhuman and he's he's got these powers. And there's a bit where I think it's the bit with the paintballers and he rips the guy's arm off. But <laughs> as he rips his arm off, he kind of looks at it and goes, Yeah, because he realizes as much as a reanimated corpse can that he's gone next strong. It's quite meta as well. Like, it really is. Yeah. When they're in the car at the beginning, and she's like, oh, "I've seen, too, I've seen too many horror films to know that you don't stop for the guy wearing yeah, a mask." Yeah. Well, that was like um, sort of what I thought as well. So with the the bit, in the, obviously, it's the the young couple in the car. Um, the fact that it's dead, misty, and foggy, it was very much like Evil Dead Two as well, where they're, they're driving through. So I think that obviously that was. She goes. She tries to give him his money, doesn't she? And yeah. I only noticed this when I was watching it. She tries to give him the money, and then he kills her, obviously. And you see the image of a credit card floating away. And it's an American Excess card. It's not an American <laughs> Express card. 
Stuff you would have not noticed on VHS. Yeah, it definitely. It was like that. <laughs> 4K is paying for itself. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the thing with, with that, with the, the CJ Graham Tom McLaughlin film, is that you sort of wanted the sequels to go in that direction, but I think because they were just smashing them out so fast, the next one came out like less than a year later, and it was Kane Hodder, and it was moved on to something else completely different. And mm. I don't, I'm, Kane obviously did four boss films, but I think CJ is the best Jason, and I, I, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people really agree with that. Yeah. I think I think that Jason Lives kind of stands out on its own. I think amongst all those Friday the Thirteenth films, is being potentially the best. It's not often the, the sixth instalment of a cheesy horror franchise is the best one. I mean, and by a mile as well. To the point where you can say to people who've never watched any of the other films, watch, watch this. If it, it, it comes up, Jason Lives. If it didn't say Friday the 13th Part 6 as the subtitle, if you just took that off and said this film's called Jason Lives, people would love it. Yeah. No, gen- genuinely, I mean, going into it, I, I knew what to expect. You know, I knew what to expect. I knew it was going to be... Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I genuinely, I did. I enjoyed it. I, I genuinely did enjoy it. Because um, it was, the, again, the script... Was like the one of the opening lines is where the guy he runs into the sheriff's office, and he just you know he's saying like um, he's ranting and raving on him about Jason and stuff like that. Or he's been, and the sheriff just goes, "Listen, kid, if you want me to paint your paint your brains over the walls, I will do it." Or something. It was just like I don't think a sheriff, it's a, but it was just it was so <laughs> ridiculous the the dialogue and everything. But in it was done. See that sort of film, you you go, yeah, that's fine because it's it's made like that and it is. It's cheesy and it's. Yeah. It's a bit of fun and stuff. Um, I think everything just kind of fits together though as well because yeah. I know I've noticed that George has got um, constricted by Alice Cooper in the background there, and there's two songs off that that are on the soundtrack as well. And it's like that was like Alice Cooper's first, well, I'd call it his first metal album. You know what I mean? And that just kind of fits into that kind of whole feel, look and feel of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. just so totally different than the ones that have gone before. Isn't it also the only Jason film that hasn't got like excessive nudity in it as well? Because he just wasn't interested. He just wants to make a yeah. like a solid like action. Yeah, I think I think yeah. is the one sex one just the one sex scene in it or something. There is not- the sex scene, but it's not graphic or anything like. It's actually quite comical. <laughs> That's like, what well, I mean. It's the, not like all the other Friday films. Yeah. All the other Friday films. Uh, sorry, yeah, Friday. But they're all chocolate with. Uh, Excessive nudity. Yeah, you really are. Jason takes Manhattan being the worst culprit of all. I've watched that again. I watched that this week. You know what? It's going to sound awful now because I I was going to say after watching this, I'm going to watch the rest of them, and it sounds awful now. After watching the one with the least nudity, and I must now watch the rest of the series. (laughs) the, The soundtrack. I mean, it was not not. What I loved as well, um, obviously it's used in other films, but it's that classic, like, uh, like in, when he's in the forest and stuff. Oh, yeah. Just boss, isn't it? I mean, that's it. That's... They've got that kind of, they've got the visual cues and the audio cues and stuff to make you go, something's going to happen, but without setting you up for the jump scare, if you know what I mean, because it, it, it's not, even though it's, you know, it's a schlocky, cheesy horror film, it's not kind of formulaic really is it it's not it doesn't follow that build up jump build up jump kind of thing you know it's it is it's got a story well he when you were talking about that like jason is on camera in the daylight behind them looking straight at them when the camera pans around and he sort of took that whole obviously the first three film 
the first five films have got a lot of that hiding in the darkness popping out, as you said, build up jump yeah. This didn't have that. This was raw brutality. Yeah, any time, any you just get yeah. Oh, it's boss as well. And the the, yeah. um, the remake they did in two thousand nine. I think obviously it was a remake of the first four films, but I think they took a lot from from CJ's Jason as well. Like the, the way he's built, the way he stands, the fact cool? that he just pops out the woods like a. Is that the one with Jensen yeah. Ackles in, or no? Is it Jensen Ackles? Jan, Janet Padalecki's in it. So the other guy from Supernatural, sorry, you get to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. The other he guy both did a few horror remakes. He, he did House of Wax Friday the 13th and oh. House of Wax. Yeah, yeah. Jensen Ackles did My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, did, you, did, t- did you take a date to see that by any chance? <laughs> no, I watched it on video. It's only on DVD. I think it's, I think that's the problem with me is that a lot of people have, 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 over the years have, have made go to the cinema to see terrible horror films that don't necessarily like terrible horror films. And I think that that's why I'm probably better hanging around with Neil like I do now because he'll watch any hour crack with me. It's well, that's, that's the thing though because a lot of people go, oh yeah, I've seen that movie, but they've seen it by accident. If yeah. you like, it's not been their choice to go, I'm going to go and see this. So a lot of the time, you can't really have that conversation with somebody about a movie unless they've chosen to go and see it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Unless you're, like, like, like we are, like the, the four of us are, where you will actively seek out watching things that most people will go, I'm not spending any time on that. You know what I mean? It, there's, there's, you know, there's not much com- conversation in it otherwise, is there? I, I love looking for the 2000s, late 90s. Like, I wanted to see weird stuff. So late night channel four, and then the Odeon and Liverpool on the London Road, they used to show some mad films. And it was, they had like Director's Tuesday where they'd show like niche films. And I think that was, I mean, now obviously with, with, with Netflix and, and, and streaming, anyone could watch anything whenever. But yeah. we had to actively look for it. Well, yeah. I was, I, I mean, I've, I've probably spoken about this before. I know the guys have heard this story a, a good few times. But I, when I was in university, um, you know, Liam from Splatter Plastic, he yeah. was working in HMV at the time, and I've known him for a few years. And I used to go in, he worked on the DVD section in HMV. So I'd go in and I'd go, what have you got in? So it's stuff that most people would go, I'm not spending any money at all on that. But I'd be like that, yeah, lapping yeah, it up, buying it. them all. And unless you're actively out seeking this kind of thing, you're not going to, you know what I mean? You're not going to see Tet 202 body hammer by accident, are you? You know what I mean? No. Was he stuff like Audition back in the day? Like now, it's... Everyone's seen that, but like I remember, it was in '99 it came out. I remember watching it on video, and my head just fell off. Like, and that's like a big slow burn thing. And we we were talking about this not long ago. We're saying like a lot of films now, like in Midsummer and Hereditary. Everyone's seen that type of film, but if this was 15 years ago, the four it'd be the four of us who'd been to see it, and no anyone else wait till it was on Sky Movies. And accidentally watch half of it when they come in too late <laughs> from the pub or something yeah yeah, yeah. definitely it, it's it's strange the way that that's kind of gone mainstream again but it's not the kind of movie that you would expect to go mainstream that has gone mainstream it is that kind of more directors are trying to do that more niche arty type of thing with, with a lot of movies now and people are turning out to see it in droves oh yeah right? it's insane absolutely insane I when I saw Hereditary on the cinema I was expecting about four people to be there and it was sold out and it was like six o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon St. Helens Cine World and it was it was sold out absolutely chocker most of them stood up and said it was rubbish at the end but, <laughs> but he watched it he still, still yes. has to do it yeah. Yeah. yeah and when things like Parasite 
like winning Oscars and it, cinema's changed massively, massively changed. Pa- Parasite. Pa- Parasite was one of the, I think it was the last thing I saw um, on the cinema before all the rubbish kicked off. Um, it was either that or the Sonic movie. <laughs> I took the, I took Sonic the was definitely my last cinema. <laughs> yeah. Sonic's good. Sonic was, <laughs> bo- I, well, I, I, I looked after um, Alex and Harry and Evelyn last week, Patsy's kids. Um, and Alex brought his Blu-ray down to Sonic, and we watched it again. He's what I think he's watched it about twelve times since he bought it. It's boss. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. But um, Parasite was just amazing. And genuinely, I know we've talked about it. I know maybe a couple of years have been back to the cinema since because the limited, limited um, openings and stuff. Oh, yeah. I still haven't been. I no. I miss the cinema so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't seen Back to the Future. I haven't, I haven't been back yet. Um, Cineworld doesn't open until the 31st, I believe. Mm. What's the, what was the last thing? You, so you saw Sonic and Parasites. You, you saw yeah. Sonic. What about you, Ant? Um, in all honesty, I hadn't been for a while, but the last thing I actually saw at the cinema, I think it was Jane Silent Bob's reboot. Oh, man. Unlucky. And that was back in like <laughs> December, I think. <laughs> yeah, and since so I because uh, I said to you last week, I put it on, didn't I? Yeah. Saturday. Um, yep. It was Louise actually. She went. Someone. She went. I can't really remember the first one. She, again, just put it on because it's a bit of nonsense. Um, lasted about fifteen minutes. She was just like, oh. Anthony is leaving the conversation. <laughs> Do you know what? Right. It's it's funny because the opening is terrible. The last half an hour was brilliant, especially yeah. if you like. Um, especially if you like chasing Amy. I could, yeah. I couldn't believe. It. Obviously. With, with the direction he took it and the new, you know, new cameos and stuff, it was yeah. cool. What I love about Kevin Smith, he's not trying to do anything special. Yeah. He just wants he's, to he's make what he wants to. A pe- people who liked him in 1996, isn't he? And he's, he's, yeah, still, yeah. he's still aiming for those people. For people um, who haven't moved on like myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go back and watch the end of it. It was just in that mood. <laughs> I'm wearing a Jurassic Park t-shirt. It's it's good. It, I, I, I say no. I wouldn't say it was good. It's entertaining, <laughs> especially if you like chasing Amy and you like Strike Back. The See, second half of it is good. The um, because I know chasing chasing Amy gets you know does get a lot of um bad press, and I I quite liked it. It, it is very cheesy, and it's it is like his it is his romantic, it's his love story thing, isn't it, yeah. Kevin Smith? But well, they they wrap they wrap a lot of it up in this, and it's yeah. it's cool. Cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's worth it. We, we, I can't remember. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, because we rewatched Rats as well um, last year for the 30, uh, for the twenty fifth anniversary. What thing it was? Um, yeah. So we did a show on that, and it was a, it was a similar like I love Mallrats, and I, I, you know, I, 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 when I watched it again, though, it was very much it was of its time in that yeah. in that way. Um, and I think if we hadn't watched it when I was a teenager, you know, one of early teens. Would have sit through it now. It's it's like a lot of stuff though, isn't it? I'd, I'd never see, like I'd that. never seen it before. That I had never seen more that before. I watched it for the first time. Remember we did the show, and I was like, oh my god, it's like two hours long. So I watched it on one point five speed. No, so just fast <laughs> enough to speed it up, but not too fast that it affected dialogue. And it was it was all right. Yeah. But and then I was thinking to myself, I can't imagine how slow this movie would be if I was just watching it normally. For the first time, we loved time. that in the 90s, though, didn't we? We loved yeah. that slacker. We had all the sitting around watching movies on the couch, didn't we, in them days? Yeah. Whereas now I've got to try and compress two hours into one and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
sorry, we've gone, we've gone over quite a bit here. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Ben, for joining us. It's been class. Yes, thanks for having me. It's, it's been great. Anthony, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't like Jane Silent Bob. <laughs> so I, I appreciate Kevin Smith is an acquired taste. To be honest, I feel like I should apologise to all three years. You for Jane Silent Bob, you for Fallen Kingdom, and you for Jason. <laughs> See, the thing is, though, and this is what we always say about the, about that, this show in particular, Ben. I mean, like, I mean, like with Tim, Tim, there's loads of stuff. Remember Tim, remember in that 1987 such and such a film? He's like, no, not yeah. that's <laughs> that's what, To be honest, that's what, the, the, for the for love of horror stuff you, you do, like the, the Facebook Live stuff, is always really good watch because, and that, I think that's what you need as well, not for everyone to agree and just yeah. wax lyrical about something. You've got to give, like, an objective view, if you like, about something and, yeah, yeah or... Bring th- the whole point of this when we started it was the title of it, you know, Geeks Destroying Conquer, was to pick something and destroy the resolve of one of us to watch watch something and conquer <laughs> them over it of m- making them like something. We've never won it. We've never won us each other over yet, though, have we? No, no one's been converted into enjoying anything that they didn't like in the first place. Well, when we were doing Super Nerds, like, full-time, uh, I came up with a feature called In Defense of, and it was, you'd pick a terrible film, TV show, whatever, and then you'd tell you why you loved it, and that's had to win the other three over, and same type of thing. The only problem was, because we all liked terrible films, and we'd go, what have you picked this week? I'd go, this week I'd pick Batman and Robin, and the other two would go, so I'd go, yeah. <laughs> that's where we have to stop now, because we were talking about Batman and Robin the other week with the Joel Schumacher tribute we did. God, it's, I'm going to surprise you. I didn't like it. <laughs> 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 right. We're going to go. You see it. We'll, we're going to go. We'll cut that short now. Well, short. We'll, we'll cut it off now because we've gone over. So, thank you very much, Ben. Um, cheers. Anthony. Cheers, mate. Scoochie boochies. McClunky. And be excellent to each other, guys. See you soon. Bye bye. 